Peace to everyone. Because our relationship with God is the base of all our other relationships. If you have a terrible relationship with God, then you will face many problems in this world. Because you receive no blessings from God. And in the future, you will not be accepted by God. So you will not be saved. For the sake of your present life and the life to come, we should quickly reconcile with God. Not only the truth seekers and those unbelievers must reconcile to God, but we Christians, we should reconcile with God every day. Because primarily, our lifestyle may be different from the one that God had planned for us. Sometimes we may have offended God unknowingly. And that is why we have to reconcile with God to repent. And after we have reconciled with God, we have to reconcile to others. And there are people who pursued in their faith and they often think to themselves, I should only establish a relationship with God. I don't care about others. If you don't like me, you hate me, that's your problem. This is who I am. Only God understands me. It seems you, you look very spiritual. But in fact, you are self-righteous. Why? If you are one with a good relationship with God, then everywhere you go, you will not be arguing with others. That's impossible. If you have a good relationship with God, this will reflect in a relationship with others. This reflection is not does not come naturally. It in fact you need hard work and self-reflection. It's not by coming to church and listening to the sermons morning till night that you will become a, a good human being. You need to experience some change. This is important. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 and verse 18. 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And verse 18 tells us that the, uh, verse 17 tells us that the, the message of peace will reconcile us. With God. And verse 18 tells us that we both, that is you and I, have reconciled and therefore we come to God. 
this is important as well. You can't say that I reconcile with God, but I but I'm quarreling with my family members. And you can't say that I have a quarrel with my husband. If he doesn't want to come to church, then I'll go by myself. Or if he goes, I'll stay at home. We will go to church by turn. We will not show up both at, at the same time. Verse 18 tells us that we have to reconcile with others. Because through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And this afternoon, we'll talk about the key to reconciling with others. And first question is, why should we reconcile with others? Why can't you establish a relationship with God? Why do you need to establish a relationship with others? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to verse 26. 23, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, 24, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift, 25. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison, 26. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Here, uh, God, Jesus mentioned that if there's someone going to the altar to, to offer, but before you approach the altar, you should first think about this. You have any brother or sister has something against you. And do they have something against you? It's not that you hate them, but rather they hate you. Why do they hate you? It's possible that you have done something that displeased them. Or that your words offended them. Or you owe them money. Oh, the bottom line is they're not happy with you. Then you should not go to the altar. Bring your gift to the altar, but not onto the altar. And go and reconcile with the brother. And, and tell them that you're sorry and you want to uh, get on with a good relationship. And I did not even realize that I had offended you, but I've heard that I annoyed you. Can you reconcile with me? If the answer is yes, then you then go to the altar and bring your gift to God. Otherwise, uh, there is no point to, you offer, to your offering because God will ask you what is the purpose of your offering. Sometimes we overemphasize our relationship with God and we overlook our relationship with others. Our relationship with God is the most important. But it does not mean that if you have a good relationship with God, you are never in the wrong. Uh, even the most spiritual person can make a mistake. They may say the wrong words. They may look at things differently. And 
What about us? We're not that spiritual at all. We may offend someone. And perhaps we truly may offend someone. Usually the ones that we offended are the ones closest to us. You're very courteous and polite to your clients and to your boss. Because these people give you profit. For the sake of survival, you have to bow to them. But to the people around you, you may not do that. You may have hurt them. So before you bring your gift to the altar, you should reconcile with your brothers. Otherwise, God will not be pleased with your gift. And that is the reason why we have to reconcile to our And you should be proactively reconciling to your brothers instead of waiting for your brother to come to you. Or if you heard that from someone that uh, somebody else is not happy with you, then you should be proactive in reconciling with that person. Otherwise, your relationship with God will be affected. Next verse 25 and 26 tells us why we have to reconcile. If you don't reconcile with them, what will happen when you're before the judge? You think that you're right. That person should apologize to me first. But when you stand before the judge and the judge hands you uh, 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 find that you are at fault. And you lost your case, you'll be thrown into prison. Who is this judge? God is the ultimate judge. Your relationship is terrible with everyone on earth. You think that you have you're not in the wrong, that you are right in the eyes of God. Have you forgive others? And finally, at the end of your life, you come before God to judge. And God tells you, you are the one at fault. By that time, it will be too late. And you'll be put into prison, which means you will not be saved. If you have um, grief against someone, that is, you think that you are right, the moment that you give up your last breath and you have not dealt with all your griefs, you have not reconciled with those that you detest. If you breathe your last breath without reconciliation, you will not be saved. Because you may not be the one that is correct, you may be at fault in the eyes of God. That is why it's very important for us to reconcile to others. And of course, interpersonal relationships are the most complex. According to the teachings in Ephesians, how do we reconcile with others? The book of Ephesians gives us some principles to follow. First, that is, lower yourself, be humble. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3. Verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, 
Two, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Four, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. 保罗在这里说啊，我啊，身为基督被仇的，为主被仇的，劝你们啊。It says Jesus here. Paul says here that I, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. 保罗写这个以弗所书的时候，不是在他的办公室里面吹着冷气写的。And、Paul did not write this letter in his office, uh, uh, with air conditioning on. 是在被关在罗马的监牢里面所写的。He was in fact in a Roman prison. 在地下室，这个监牢是地下室。And it's a dungeon. 又黑。It's dark. It's humid. 还有两只手跟两只脚都被锁链锁住。And his hands and feet were bound by fetters. 又很孤单。He was lonely. 他说那个时候他想到的就是教会还有弟兄姐妹。But what was in his mind was the church and brothers and sisters. 所以他写信给弟兄姐妹。That is why he wrote his letters to brothers and sisters. 也是写信给你跟我。And he's also writing to you and I. 所以保罗劝大家要有这种的心态。So he's asking everyone to have this attitude. He from verse from chapter one to chapter three, he's talking about the church, which is the theory of the church. That is what we discuss, or rather, our sermon on Friday evening. Why is it that we will receive salvation only through the church? What is the church? But when you enter into the church, you will interact with others. There will be a lot of conflict in, in your relationship with others. Or you are now grown up and it's time for you to get married. You are bound to someone who is very different from your background. And you might feel that you're, you're suffering in your marriage. What can you do? There's no point hating the other party. There's no point arguing with the other party. You can only use the teachings of reconciling with God to your daily life. How do you reconcile with others? Just imitate Jesus. And chapter 4, verse 2 says, With all lowliness, and the English translation is much better. That is, you lower yourself. To reconcile with others, the first step is to lower yourself. And this morning we mentioned that Jesus no, has no need to reconcile with us. Rather, we should be the one begging Jesus to reconcile with us. We are the one at fault. We offended him. But how did Jesus reconcile with us? He lowered himself. He came down from heaven onto earth. From God, he became a human being. In fact, he became a poor human being. And at the end, with the identity of a sinner, He died for us. And he died in the most awful way, which is on the crucifix. Our Lord Jesus had lowered himself to the uttermost for our sake. He can't lower himself anymore. Because our Lord Jesus is willing to let himself be lowered. 
And he has touched us, uh, the rebellious ones. So let us think about this critical point. Perhaps our relationship with the people around us are not that great. Majority of the time, we feel that they are at fault. You are at fault, I should get more. So you're forever sitting on your throne. You think that you're the husband, you're the wife, you're the father, you're the mother. Then forever you'll be having you'll be keeping your status and your integrity and you're waiting for others to beg you. And if the other party has the same mentality and they're waiting for you as well. People of the modern days seem to have higher esteem of themselves. Because at a young age, they were taught to have a good self-esteem. The education system in Asia is the opposite, that you have to lower yourself and you have to merge with the group. And from time to time, you'll be yelled at, you'll be struck, uh, you'll be struck and this is how we were taught at a young age. You'll be brought out of the group and you'll be criticized. The education system in the Western Hemisphere seems to be uh, building one's esteem as high as possible. They talked about human rights. So uh, after you get married and you begin to talk about your rights with your spouse. I am the husband, I have my rights. And your spouse will say, I'm your wife, I also have rights too. No one lower themselves down. Or among friends. You know that your friends are not happy with you. How do you reconcile? You do not go to them and reason with them. You cannot tell them that I'm not that type of person, you're wrong. You can't tell them why you're being so petty. If that's the way you reason, then they will be angrier at you. To reconcile, the first step is to lower yourself. The English translation, lowliness, is a very good uh, translation. It means to lower yourself down. And you have to say, I'm sorry, perhaps I have overlooked. And the words that I have just spoken may have hurt you. I have overlooked how you feel. I am wrong doing this. This is lowering yourself. There are some people who could never lower themselves. And it's very hard for you to hear the words sorry from out of their mouth. No wonder it's so hard for them to reconcile to others. So let us take the first step. Lower ourselves down. After you have lowered yourself down, your gentleness will start will come out. And in a marriage, in a family, the way you speak, the way you voice, it, you, it can be heard by others. Are you gentle towards your spouse? 
if both uh, spouses are gentle towards each other, then there's no way they can start a quarrel. Because both have lowered themselves down. Are you gentle when you speak to your parents? And after gentleness comes long suffering. So we should learn one thing today. Especially being husbands at home. After you have an argument with your wife. Or you start a cold war with your wife. Do not wait for your wife to apologize. You are the husband, you are the head. As the head, the you should be the one to lead. Even if your wife is in the wrong, you should first admit that you're at fault. And perhaps I have overlooked you. Perhaps I'm the one who raised my voice first. Perhaps I have overlooked you, uh, the way you feel, and that's why you're angry. This is a kind of courage. To reconcile, it requires courage. Without courage, you can't lower yourself down. If you lower yourself down, you may be afraid that others will step over you. There are others who refuse to acknowledge that they're at the at fault because they feel that someone will step over them. Do not think about others first. If you have done wrong, then you should admit it. This is where your courage comes. Especially being husbands, you need courage. And sometimes parents also need courage. And sometimes when we discipline our children, we are right. Um, there are times that we may be wrong. Parents will never always be 100% correct. Our motive may be right, but our methods are wrong. So why don't we lower ourselves down? Especially when your children are in their teenage years. Then as parents, we should furthermore lower ourselves down. We should not give our children pressure and force them. I know some parents. It's unfortunate for them. They have a terrible relationship with their children. And when their children are grown up, they're very eager to leave the house. And some even stopped communicating with their parents. And parents will never think that they're wrong. And it's very rare for them to see their children visiting them. And when they do, it's a good opportunity to reconcile. But the, the parents decided to be a parent again. They started opening their mouth and started rebuking the children. They will never admit they're wrong. And their children may have left the house for good. There's no need for them to wait till they're dead to see their children. Why do this? Why is it that you can't lower yourself down? Why can't you just put down your integrity or your Our Lord Jesus, He is God and He can lower Himself down. 
for the sake of reconciling with us. If you want to reconcile with your beloved ones, shouldn't you lower yourself down as well? Why do you keep your pride? What's the point? Will pride help you resolve your problems? No. So we should lower ourselves down. And we should see our responsibility in the weakness of others. This is very important to see your responsibility in the weakness of others. If you can't see your responsibility, there, you will rebuke the other person. You are terrible in what you have done. You have done awful things. If it is not your responsibility, you are free to criticize others. You will feel that it is the responsibility of others, not yours. But if you see your responsibility in the weakness of others, then your attitude would have a very big change, especially uh, between couples. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It says here that a man shall leave his father and mother. For someone to get married, they must first be able to leave their father and mother. Not relying on the parents, rather to be independent. To be independent financially, emotionally, and 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 religiously. And after getting married, they should leave their parents. If you don't leave your parents, rather you rely on them, there will be a problem in your family. It says here the two shall become one flesh. What does it mean? When a man and a woman come together to be married, they become one person in the eyes of God. I've often heard couples arguing, they will often say this. And preacher, pray for him or her. He or she is terrible. And they will say, I am so unlucky. He or she is very weak. And when you say this, it seems that you two are separate entities. But if you look at the Bible, what does the Bible tell you? After marriage, the two become one flesh. The weakness of your wife is no longer hers, rather it's yours, both of you. I'm a husband, I can't say my wife is terrible, please pray for her. I can only say, please pray for us. We are very weak. You can't point your finger at her because you two are now one body. 
Her weakness is your responsibility. You cannot complain to God why did God why God gives you such a spouse. Did God force you to get married? You wanted to get married yourself. And on the aunt during during your marriage ceremony, you are the one who said the words I do. Since you did it willingly, after your marriage, you are now one body. So if there's a problem in a marriage, then it's responsibility of both spouses. You have to find ways to resolve your problems. Instead of asking your spouse to resolve your problems, rather both should be working on them. My wife is not happy. What can I do to make her happy? My husband is not happy with me. What can I do to change? You should not be looking at the responsibility of the of your spouse. This is a very important concept. You should see your responsibility in the weakness of others. Same with your children. We usually don't have a problem with thinking our children are our responsibilities. And a lot of people, after they get married and have kids and have children, they deem the children as the center of their lives. They think that they believe that children are their responsibilities. However, your spouse is also your responsibility. So if you lower yourself down, you're able to reconcile with others. This is only the first step. Next is to use love. Let's turn back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. And verse two tells us that after we have lowered ourselves down, we should love one, we should bear one another with love. Only through love that you're able to bear with another person. What does it mean to bear? Uh, the English means to take on the burden. We know that for an automobile, if there is not enough horsepower, you cannot haul heavy things. And if there's enough horsepower, no matter how much uh, 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 how much of your weight, you're still able to haul it. So the problem is not how much you're hauling, rather whether you have enough horsepower. We humans were always weak. Who does not have faults? Only Jesus has no fault. The rest of us were full of faults. So there's so many of us and so many faults. How did Jesus bear with us? With his great love. His love is so great, he's willing to bear with us. To bear means I have given you a standard, but you are not able to reach it. We are we happily give others some standards to follow. Like to a teacher giving out tests. 
And most often, uh, you may have done well in your test. You have reached my standard. Therefore, I love you. This is the love of a human. You have done well. That is why I love you. And I'll love you even more. How does God love us? God gave us standards. Honestly speaking, majority of the time, we are not able to reach that standard. If we take all the teachings of the Lord and we compare ourselves to them, and then with the spirit of the Bible, we compare our thoughts to that standard. A majority of the time, to be honest, we are not able to reach that standard. But the love of God has never ceased. When you prayed, God didn't tell you, did you look at your, how many faults you have committed in the last week? God still loved us. Even though for the time being, we are not able to reach God's standard, but He's still willing to love us or bear with us. Because He has enough love for us. That is why He's able to bear with our weakness. He's waiting for us until we, we can change. And like unto a mother um, looking after a baby who does not know anything until the baby is all grown up. And like a mother, even for bearing the children during their rebellious years. Sometimes when the child is fully grown, and the child has terrible attitude towards the parents. Yet parents still forbear them. Because a parent had enough love for his children. That is why they keep bearing. They will never give up. This kind of forbearing love can be found more often with between a mother and child. However, the bearing of uh, in love of a spouse sometimes is not enough. Sometimes we bear our children, but we don't bear our spouse. We don't bear with our wife or our husband. And because we don't have enough love, we cannot continue to bear. So how do we reconcile? If you're the one being hurt, and the other party asks to be forgiven. If you cannot bear with that person, you find that you're suffering, then you should pray to God for strength. God, give me strength, give me love so that I can continue to bear. When you have enough love, you will not be bearing with complaints. That's from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and verse 32. 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. 
包容的其中一个力量啊，就是想起基督怎么样饶恕我们。And one of the strength that we find in forbearing one another is to remember how God, or rather how Christ, has forgiven us. 这是第三十二节所说的。Is what is stated in thirty-two. 我们要把恩慈彼此相待嘛，存怜悯的心。Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. 那这个怜悯从哪里来的呢 ？And where did this tender heart come from? 因为神透过基督耶稣也饶原谅我们太多了。It is God through Jesus Christ who has forgiven us. Sometimes what we fear most is self-righteousness. Is what we said at the beginning. Some people seemed very spiritual, but they're self-righteous. I am good, you're bad. They have often forgotten that they are good because God or Jesus has forgiven them. In fact, we are not as good as others. Rather, we have the compassion of Christ. Even though we have not reached God's standard yet, yet we still love them. We love them with the love of Christ. This is being kind and compassionate. And Paul, when he mentioned about reconciliations, he spent a lot of time on talking about the relationship of a husband and wife. From the relationship of a husband and wife, he extended to the church and Christ. So let's take a look at how do we reconcile with our spouse. If we reconcile with others but not with our spouse, then we have not done our homework. If you're not married, then you're missing this homework. And if you are married, this is the biggest homework you'll ever do in your life. So how do we reconcile? And Paul had certain requests from husband. Let's take a look at chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. If husbands want to reconcile with their wives, then they have to ask themselves this question. Do I love my wife enough? Some husbands complain that their wives are not gentle. And some wives complain that before marriage, their wives are gentle like a kitty or like a lamb, but after they get married, their wives become a lioness. Or some husbands and some husbands complain that before they get married, their wives are very pretty. And they would take the time um, to, uh, to uh, make themselves look beautiful. But after marriage, they look different. Husbands must realize. Husbands must realize that the way your wife looked today is a direct reflection of you. And how many children has she bear for you? The pressures of life and time passes on her face. That is the efforts that she has put in for this family and for you. And the woman she has spent her most vital youthful years on you. 
how did you treat her? 如果你对她的爱很够的话 ，If you love her enough， 有一些女人她结了婚，虽然年纪是有表现出来，但是越来越漂亮，越来越感觉是很幸福的。And there are some women, even though she may have married for a long time and time had passed on her, but she will look more and more beautiful. 啊，这是一种爱的感觉。This is because she feels loved. 但是有一些女人，哇，她结婚没几年，怎么又老了很多？ And then there's 又残了很多。And then there's some woman not having married for a long time, but look, but she looked like she has aged quite a bit. 愁眉苦脸。She always looked down. 谁的责任？ Whose responsibility is that? 丈夫，你做的不好。It's the husband. He hasn't done well. 就好像你买一台新车。Second to buying a brand new car. 你不保养，不好好去去去打扫打理。If you don't maintain the car well and clean the car up, 没几年那个车就变老车，还是变废铁。A few years from now, that car is going to be a piece of junk. 但是有一些人呢，很会保养车子。There are others who take very good care of their cars. 打扫、打蜡、保养、换油、修理。They will have constant maintenance of the car, wax the car well. 哇，十几二十年的车了，还是 showroom condition， 还是好像刚刚出厂不久。A twenty-year-old car may look like it's just out of the factory. 因为在保护她 ，because they have maintained it。作为丈夫呢，我们要跟我们的太太和好，要问自己一个问题：我对我太太的爱够不够 ？So as husbands, if you want to reconcile with your with your wife, um, you should ask a question: Do you have enough love for her？ 你问你自己不准哦，你说有了，我怎么不没没有爱她 ？And perhaps you answering that question is not going to be very uh, uh accurate。你问你自己绝对不准的。You you will never find an accurate answer. 你要问你太太。我到底哪里做的不够 ？In fact, you have to ask your wife, what have I done not enough？ 啊，在圣经里面呢，希腊文当中啊，有四个字来形容爱。In the Greek language, there are four words to describe love。第一个字叫 storge， 就是意思说那种家人之间的爱，亲情。The first word storge, it's a love between family。啊，这是那种亲亲戚的那种关系哈、啊。It's a familial love。第二种呢？就是 filia， 就是那种朋友之间的关系的爱。The next filia is a love between friends。啊，朋友之间也有爱啊，但是那种爱不是很强。And there are love between friends, but it's not that、uh, emotional。再来第三种啊，就 eros， 就是男女之间的情爱，这种异性的吸引力。The third kind of love is eros, which is the love between a man and a woman。啊，你长得好看，我被你吸引了，我爱你了。And you look beautiful. I'm attracted to you. I love you。通常结婚为什么会结婚，都是因为。第三种的比较多。And why do most people get married is because of this third kind of love. 啊，那又很聊得来。第二种。And people who can have good conversation with others, that's the second kind of love. 啊，结了婚之后就加上第一种，变成一个家人的关系了。And after married, you have the first kind of love, which is the love ah、uh, between family. 就是没有信神的人都会有的爱。These are the love that even people who don't believe in God are capable of loving. 圣经里面“爱”这个字呢，以乌所说这个字要爱妻子，这个“爱”呢，这是第四个字，叫 agape。But the fourth kind of love that is mentioned in Ephesians is agape, the fourth kind of love. 啊，这是在五章了，以乌所五章二十五节。This is in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-five. 做丈夫的要爱你们的妻子，这个爱就是 agape。It says here, husbands love your wives. This love is agape. 这个字的。所谓的爱呢，就是一种自我牺牲或是无条件的爱。And this love is to is self-sacrifice or unconditional love. 通常是用来形容神对人的爱的。It's usually to describe the love of God. 神爱我们，爱到独生子给我们
And God loves us so much, He gave us His only Son. And He loved us so much, He forsake His heaven and came down to earth to, to suffer for us. And He loves us so much that He lowered Himself. And He denied Himself. When you are able to deny yourself, you are able to move others to follow you. So husbands, you should never complain about your wife not being gentle to you. Do not complain that your wife does not understand you. You should first start from yourself. If you have enough love for her, she will satisfy you. Unfortunately, men tend to be very self-centered and very selfish. And that is why Paul here reminds brothers, chapter 5, verse 29, 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Paul says, no one hates his own flesh. Yeah, everyone would treat himself well to uh, dress well, uh, to keep uh, in good health, to exercise and to eat good food. We are born with a love, uh, with, the, with the ability to love ourselves. But sometimes we love ourselves too much that we overlook our spouse. Men sometimes are very selfish, they only care about themselves. And that is why the wife suffers. And that is why Paul says that you should uh, treat your wife well, cherish her. And to look at things from her point of view, what she thinks. Instead of loving her the way you think she wants to be loved. We should give her what she needed. The most important thing is that you have to be willing to sacrifice yourself. And there are some men who does not like their wives to go out shopping. And if the wife wants to buy a dress, he will complain the price is too high. And if the wife wants to buy some cosmetics, he will complain the price is too high and he does not even need to use any cosmetics. These kind of men are selfish. Women, after, she, after getting married, they would sacrifice a lot for the family. And a husband should often say to their wives, do you, do you like this dress? If you like it, let's buy it. Don't worry about the price. And I, I, can, uh, I can delay buying my computer, but you should buy this dress first. And I can use just any kind of shampoo. You need a better shampoo. And today is the Holy Sabbath day. Let us not cook. Let's go out for our dinner. And when you do go out for dinner, do not keep complaining about the price. And do not say that it's cheaper to eat at home, otherwise you have spoiled this dining out. So sometimes what the woman wants is not much. All she wants is your love. If you cannot satisfy her with your love, then she will not be able to respect you. 
And of course, Paul tells the wife. Let's read verse 22. 22. Wives, submit to your husbands, your own husbands, as to the Lord. 23. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. In fact, Paul first shout out to the wives. It's rather strange that he did not first speak to the husbands, rather he first speak to the wives. And of course, the role of a wife is very vital. Paul says here the wives submit to your own husbands. What does it mean to submit? That is, you let go of your sovereignty. This is the hardest thing for modern women. Modern women feel that men and women are equal, so why should I listen to you? There are some women who say to their husbands, you should work with me. This is not a matter of equality. Rather, marriage is instituted by God. And what kind of marriage does God want you to have? God did not create men to help women. Rather, God created women to help men. Women in a marriage plays an important role. And God created women to be more capable and more intelligent than men. And she has to help the husband, the, the man, and that is why she has to be more capable. If she's um, uh, she is less intelligent, how will she help? So how do women help? Women should learn to be likened to the Lord. And Lord, the, the Lord Jesus came into the world and submit himself to the will of God. He lowered himself. So as a wife, you should also lower yourself. There's some woman. She's very capable. Highly educated. And earned more than the husband. But she's very smart. She often said to her husband, I don't quite understand this, please help me. And she will act like a little girl in front of her husband. And when there's an opportunity, she would let her husband uh, uh, be more capable to show that he's more capable than her. And especially in front of others, that she would always let her husband shine. This is, this is truly to show her husband to the others. And she would often ask for her husband's opinion. And the husband would say, let's do it according to what you think. The result is that everything is done according to what the wife wants, but the process is the husband gets his respect. These women are full of wisdom. She knew that she's more capable than her husband, but she lowered herself down before him. Because according to the will of God, the husband is to be the head. 
and the head means it has to be respected. If you don't respect your head, then you are shaming yourself. If I use my hand and keep hitting my head, would others see me as being crazy? And if I go out and take some dirt and pour it on my head, would other people laugh at me? They would point at me and laugh at me and say that I'm crazy. And so a, a wise woman would be very smart at home by being by lowering herself. She will respect her husband. Even if his performance is not up to your standard, you still have to help him. Because this is the work that God has commissioned. And on the day that you marry, um, it has been reminded to you. You have to help him. How do you help him? You should first give him the respect. I know that some sisters will not be happy with, with these words. And there was uh, certain incidents where a sister uh, purposely omitted this translation. Wife, work with your own husband. Uh, instead of saying wives submit to your husband, she said she interpreted as wives work with your husband. And the preacher had to correct her, saying that it's not to work with but to submit. And that sister found it very difficult. Because she's the dominant one at home, so the husband submit to her. But this is wrong. If you want to reconcile within Christ, then you have to do according to God's will. So, sisters, uh, with your faith in God, you have to lower yourself and submit to your husbands. But husbands, you should even do better. If your wife is not able to submit to you, it's because you haven't loved her enough. And I'm telling you this is not for you to uh, 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 to point out each other's fault this evening. And if the husband points out that the wife does not submit to him, and the wives point out that the husband does not love her enough, then it defeats the whole purpose. Some people say that the Bible is very good when you are in an argument. The Bible is not for you to argue with your and, and listening to the Bible is not for the sake of others. It's for yourself. Uh, we'll conclude with two cycles. And take a look at which cycle your marriage belongs to. So this is a cycle, so there is no ending. The first cycle is called the crazy cycle. You can start at any point. The wife does not feel the love of the husband. And she will react. I will no longer listen to whatever you say. Whatever you want from me, I will not cooperate. And she will show that she does not respect her husband. 
And the husband realized the wife no longer respects him. 哇，他的他的这个自尊受伤啊。And his self-esteem was hurt. 很多男人在外面已经没有得到什么尊重了。And a lot of men they have not been respected outside of the family already. 如果连在家里都得不到尊重。If at home he cannot find the respect. 他的就很 low 了，他就很低啊。Then his pride will be at a at at a very low point. 他就不能去爱太太。And he will not be able to love his wife. 好了，太太就会更 react 出来哈。And then the wife will react even further. 那到最后，大家可能就就算不离婚了，也是冷战了。So in the end, even if they don't end up in a divorce, they might have a cold wars all the time. 好，那我们现在学了主的道理，我们要做新人。Now that we have learned the teachings of our Lord, we must now be a new being. 我们要把这个 vicious cycle 啊，这个错误的循环，把它完全调过来。Uh, we should turn this vicious cycle around. From 丈夫先做起，因为你是头，你不要要求太太做起。We should start with the husband because he's the head. Let us not request from the woman first. 今天就学主耶稣怎么爱教会，你怎么爱你太太。Today you have to learn how Christ loves the church, and that's the way you love your wife. 你问你太太你哪里要做的要改进的地方。You should ask your wife where which part of you should change. 把自己所爱的东西放下，去用新的方式对你的太太。To put down the, the old way you love your wife and to love her in a new way. And if you have done this for a week, a month, then she can feel your difference. And she will then have more respect for you. And she will work with you. And, and in turn, you realize that the, your wife's attitude towards you have changed. And she has now learned that she has now uh, respected me and will no longer yell at me for nothing. And he will not yell at me for no good reason. She will no longer call me names. And now that she has changed her attitude towards me, I have to do even better. I should love her even more. And the wife will give the husband more respect. This is reconciliation. And in the family, you will see this relationship of God and man. And in your marriage, you see the relationship of God and man. So this is a very big secret. This is a profound mystery. This is Paul saying this is about us and the church. But Paul says this is just a relationship between God and church. So we need to reconcile. That is why we have to reconcile with God. We also have to reconcile with others. And we also have to reconcile with others. Let us sing a hymn. Four hundred and thirty-nine. 